Welcome into A to Z Sports powered by BetMGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Luke Warsham in for Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media. We go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch, normally on Twitter. Uh, I'll continue to work through the Twitter issues that we've been having now uh, for exactly one week, and it's been driving me crazy. But also hit us up on Instagram and TikTok. We're Nashville's On Demand Sports Talk Network. Got to thank our sponsors uh, before we officially get going because they make it happen for us and they make it happen for you guys. Renters Warehouse Nashville, the professional landlord in the Nashville area. Simply go to renterswarehouse.com to find out how much your home can rent for. Man, do the Pulse of Fitness where one 15-minute workout equals five or more hours in the weight room because of full body electronic muscle stimulation. Your first workout's free at mandu.com. Wilson County Hyundai, Find your next ride by going to wilsoncountyhunday.com and check them out in Lebanon. And the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. So, uh, Luke, if I were to – before we had the conversation this morning pre-show, if I were to say that the Titans and Rams had something in common, where would your mind have gone? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean – the Rams are kind of a – I mean, they're both well-coached, I guess. Like, they both play well. They both play winning football. I think the Rams are significantly more talented than the Titans. Um, but, you know, I, I think they're both capable of winning games. I would have probably said well-coached um, because stylistically they're very different. Um, Talent-wise, I think there's a gap. But I think we we look at these two teams as, as both teams that can win – you know, maybe before Henry got hurt for the Titans, any game on their schedule. So, so I would have probably gone that route. Uh, not the route that they both haven't had a production from a first round draft pick in several years. <laughs> uh, taking shots at John Robinson this morning. <laughs> I, mean, I just thought it was the Rams don't make first round draft. Picks. <laughs> John Robinson just doesn't make good ones. Right. Yeah. Uh, John says they're both not interested in Todd Gurley. Well, yeah. Uh, so, you know, yesterday we were talking about Adrian Peterson and there's some comments. It's like, why didn't they get Todd Gurley? It's like, guys, the fact that a 36 year old running back was seen so quickly as the better option, like Gurley is cooked. It's over. Yeah, unfortunate to him. But yeah, another comment, they both traded for resurgent quarterbacks and have, uh, you know, Matt Stafford and Ryan Tannehill have changed the franchise's trajectory for both of them. But no, it is not the fact that it's it's not Jeff Fisher. It's not both Josh Reynolds. It's not that they're well coached. Uh, and I didn't learn this and didn't, didn't really realize this until yesterday when I went on a Rams podcast uh, yesterday. And the host of that podcast, Stacy, mentioned uh, that the Rams are a slow starting football team. And I was like, really? Because the Titans are a slow starting football team because the Rams, you would think that they're seven and one, that they look like world beaters, Matt Stafford uh, and his offense is fourth in the NFL in passing. They score a lot of points. They get a really good defense, but they start slow. And I was like, that's really interesting because, uh, and then you look at the Titans, they got down in a 14, nothing hole. And really the only game where the Titans started fast offensively because you had the you had the the fumble return scoop and score by Kevin Byard against Jacksonville but outside of that I, it was the Chiefs game that, that's yes. the only time they've really been able to put together a beautiful looking drive now I know in Jacksonville they didn't they did they score on their opening drive in Jacksonville offensively it was just after the scoop and score I I think so I will double check on that yeah though. I think that's right but the Rams are a slow starting football team 
And Dom says, yeah, they do start slow. They got down early to the Texans. No, they actually did not get down early to the Texans. Uh, but the Rams, and I've looked at this, Luke, in the last four games, the LA Rams only have 13 first quarter points. So I'll say that wow. again. In the last four games, the Rams only have 13 first quarter points. Those That's four, shocking. Yeah, those four opponents are the Seahawks. And it's not like they're playing good teams, by the way. The Seahawks are the best team there, right? But the by Seahawks... The, by the way, the Titans punted on their opening possession against Jacksonville. Okay, so there you go. The, so the Titans are slow starters as well. But uh, three points, a field goal uh, against the Seahawks, and they punted on their opening drive. Against the Giants, Luke, uh, the, the Rams had zero first quarter points mm. against the New York freaking Giants. Not the New York football Giants, the New York freaking Giants. <laughs> and they punted on that opening drive. Against the Detroit Lions, they scored three points in the first quarter, and they scored a field goal on that opening drive, but they were down to nothing because the Lions go down there and get points, have the onside kick, get it, then get points. The Rams were down to nothing and only got a field goal. And then the, the lone touchdown in the first quarter for the L.A. Rams over the last four games was against the, the terrible-ass Texans, right? Like the mm. Texans, I think, are they're selling their players. They have zero interest in winning football games right now. They got down 38 nothing, I think it was, to the Rams and came back and just covered the spread uh, because of Vegas. But I, that's something that I learned yesterday, Luke, is that the Rams are slow starters and the fact that the last four games they've only put up 13 points in the first quarter. What do you think about that? I mean, I'm shocked, right, because we look at this Rams team – as so explosive, really on both sides of the ball, but but especially offensively, as that team that can score at any moment, right? And and Kevin Byard said yesterday, he said if we give up get big plays this weekend, uh, we're going to lose. And so that's who this offense is. They're explosive. They make big plays, and you would think they start fast and don't let up. But based on these numbers, that's not the case. This is a uh, a significant deficiency, right? I don't think it's uh, – you got to keep in mind it's a one-loss team. Right, yeah. And their but, one loss was to the Cardinals, uh, which that you know the, they put up three points on their opening drive against the against the Arizona Cardinals in that game. But this is a problem. Like, this is, is legit. Yeah. I, I, I think – and that really the Cardinals game was probably their best first quarter of the season when they were – you know, they scored 10 points offensively. Uh, you know, I guess, you know, against the Bears, they were up 10 nothing in the first quarter in, the, in week one. They were up 7 nothing against the Colts. Uh, and then they were up 14-7. to uh, I guess their, their best first quarter was that Bucks game where they went, you know, tit for tat uh, throughout a fantastic game until the Rams pulled away uh, with it uh, in the third quarter of that game. But they're a slow starting team, and the Titans are a slow starting team. And so I, I do think it's interesting that because Derrick Henry is out, can the Titans take advantage of the Rams being a slow starting team? Because the Rams don't know what this offense looks like without Derrick Henry. And yeah. so that's that's kind of where I want to go with this is because I do think the Titans can take advantage of this because it's kind of like that, uh, you know, you don't know where they're going to hit you. Like whenever a, a team is predictable and the Titans offense has been predictable in the past because of how dominant Derrick Henry has been. I think this is a game where unpredictability uh, and the Derrick Henry, Henry 
Derrick Henry injury can actually play into the Titans' favor early in the game. Early in the game, just opening drive, can the Titans do something to throw the Rams off, get a good stop because the Titans' defense has played well for the most part over the last little bit, and then maybe the Titans can get an early lead and shock the Rams a little. That's that's kind of my, my thesis of how the Titans can win this game. Okay. Or, I mean, do you want my thoughts on that now? I guess I guess we'll ask our question, and then okay. I'll, I'll get your thoughts here in a second on that. So here's our question. How many points will the Titans score in their opening drive versus the Rams? How many points will the Titans score in their opening drive against the Rams? Zero, three, or seven? Zero, three, or seven. How many points can the Titans score on their opening drive against the Rams. We'll get Luke's thoughts on that and your answers as well. But real quick, let me tell you guys about Renters Warehouse. Renterswarehouse.com. They're the professional landlords in the Nashville area. Simply go to their website to find out how much your home can rent for. There's so many different ways you can use Renters Warehouse to your benefit, whether it's creating creating extra cash flows for you and your family or getting that uh, that retirement plan ready because selling your house is a one-time transaction. But getting into rent estate is a long-term financial plan to help you because equity equals wealth equals retirement plan with your rental property. Go to renterswarehouse.com. And our friends at BetMGM have a great deal going on for you today. As always, if you head to BetMGM, download their app and give them the promo code A to Z Sports. They will give you a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. It's a great deal to take advantage of if you are new to the sports betting world and looking for... Uh, a, a way to get your feet wet or get your foot in the door. This is for you. Or if you are a vet and you're looking for a new book to try out, maybe a new deal to take advantage of, this is for you as well. So wherever you are in the sports betting landscape, give BetMGM a try. Use that promo code A to Z Sports, and you'll get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. Yeah, visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years old or must be present in Tennessee. And for gambling problem support, call Tennessee Redline at 800-889-9789. How many points... Will the Titans score on their opening drive versus the Rams? It's now, zero. Austin, I have to say, my yes. favorite answer that I've seen so far yeah. is William Young, who says six. <laughs> because I told you before the show that we needed to put six as one of the options yes. Luke, for the, Luke for the wanted, Randy Bullock haters. Yeah, Luke wanted six to be in there. I thought that would be a little too nuanced because <laughs> you know, the, whole, the whole thing is zero field goal touchdown, right? Zero field goal touchdown. Uh, is that situation. So let's let's go through a lot of questions. And Luke was like, you just watch. There's going to be somebody that says six. And he absolutely nailed that one uh, there. So I'm trying to scroll to the top of these. Marquis, Caleb, both say seven. Billy with three. Robert, Trevor with zero. J7, uh, two J's in a row uh, on YouTube, say uh, three. Um, Aaron says three. There's William, six. Uh, zero from Ryan. Guy says three. Steven says zero. Charles, zero. Paulie says seven. Bobby says zero, just playing the odds here, guys. And, and Bobby's not wrong. The odds are the Titans don't score on their opening drive. They've done it. They scored a touchdown on their opening drive one time this season, and it was against the uh, terrible Chiefs defense. Donald says seven. Eric says seven. Michael says zero. Boyd, three. Jarrell, seven. Sevens uh, here. Ty Kendrick going with two-point conversion with an eight. So we've got one six and one eight on top of that. Tyrell's going three. Uh, so, uh, Luke, I, I, honestly, you know, this is a Titans fan viewing show, right? We cover the Titans and Titans fans watch us. But I think the, the biggest answer was seven. The most popular answer uh, was seven. But, uh, Luke, what do you think about this? 
Well, so the question isn't how many points would you like them to score? Yes. The question is reality question. How many points will they score? Right. Austin, I wrote down a quote from you a moment ago. You said uh, the Rams won't know what the Titans offense looks like without Derrick Henry, right? Yes, to start a game, yeah. You know who else won't know what the Titans offense looks like without Derrick Henry? The Titans. The Titans. I'm giving them a big goose egg for this opening drive. Doesn't mean they're going to lose the game. Doesn't mean it's going to look bad. But, I, look, I think the odds are with this new new worked offense with a 36-year-old running back potentially playing his first game, figuring things out without Derrick Henry. Look, it would be very heroic and awesome if they come right out and make a statement and drive down the field and, and you know, we sort of start saying, Derrick Henry who, right? Wouldn't that be great for Titans fans and for the Titans? But that's not going to happen, I don't think. I, I'm going to give them a, a, a goose egg for that first drive and, and think that it's going to take them a little bit of time to uh, to get things ironed out. Yeah, but they've also, like, they know, they the Titans know and have known since Sunday night that they're not going to be having Derrick Henry for the foreseeable future. So what do you think Todd Downing's been doing uh, since leaving that locker room in Indianapolis? He hadn't been playing in an NFL game. Todd Downing? Correct. Well, yeah, but again, like he is going to the drawing board to figure out what the hell they're going to do. Yeah, sure. How- I mean, I'm not. I'm, the, the argument isn't that they're going to be clueless and they have to like figure it out. No, the, I the just, point is I they haven't this, seen it in reality. I I honestly just think it's a it's an opportunity for Todd Downing to get extra creative to catch a, a good football team off guard because I, I think. The Titans have the advantage. Like, like you're not you're not wrong when you say the Titans also don't know what this offense looks like without Derrick Henry, but they at least have a whole week to prepare and three days of practice to get ready for it and to know and figure out what they can look like, at least in their first 15 plays. Like in their first 15 plays, can they figure out how to get the Rams on something with some type of deception that puts points on the board? No. Because you don't they, think ha- so? they have one game this year where the script worked, like we were talking about. It was the Chiefs game, and it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. But they are uh, one out of eight. Now they've lost their best player, and you're saying that that that's like ultimate reason why they're going to score now, right? Because they've had this week to prepare, and they're going to get very very creative. Like I, I don't buy it. But the reason why the script hasn't worked early minus the Chiefs game is because they force-fed Derrick Henry on first and second and ten. Man, that guy oh. sucks. Huh? That guy sucks. Like, why are they giving him the ball? I'm no, but again, right. like, it was just it was just too predictable. I'm not saying that you shouldn't get the ball to Derrick Henry. I'm just saying whenever the Titans would – like, if the Titans – like, when you watch enough Titans game, you know that if it's – like, if they throw the ball on first down and it, it's incomplete, they're going to hand off inside left to Derrick Henry for a gain of two. And now it's third and eight. Like that's that's what they do. But now without Derrick Henry, does it force them to be different? Does it force the Titans to get more creative? I, think, I think that's silly. It's almost like you're trying to argue that they're better without him. I'm not arguing that they're better without them. Not one bit. I'm just saying they can't, they have the opportunity to be as unpredictable as possible on Sunday night without Derrick Henry on their opening drive against a team that starts slow. I I just don't expect them to be in a rhythm right off the bat. Why not? Tannehill and AJ are in a rhythm. 
Go get in the damn ball. Well, we'll get into AJ in, in our next segment, but yes, we will. I, uh, let, let, let's read some, let's read some comments. Uh, Scott says, Austin, I agree. Um, let's, let's read some more comments. Uh, Bobby says, I don't think the Rams need much game planning to stop AD at this point. Mark screams. It's all not how you start. It's how you finish. Thank you, Mark, for that philosophical <laughs> input with your typo. Uh, but again, uh, and then Dom says, Derek Henry bogs the offense down to a certain extent early in games, to be honest. And I, I agree with Dom. And again, I understand why the Titans do that early in games with Derrick Henry, but we have seen several examples of the Titans with a quick three and out because they bogged the, the game down with forced Derrick Henry runs instead of trying something else and then going to Derrick Henry in different ways. Who knew Derrick Henry was the Titans' biggest problem? That's that's Nobody's saying that. Nobody's saying that. They just have the opportunity to be more unpredictable. Leo says, Austin, you're totally right. I wonder if Luke ever played football. Seems clueless. Because that matters, Leo. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, and, and Tyrell saying, Luke, that you've missed the whole point. You understand my point, though, right? Yeah, I get the point. I just disagree with it. That's and you. That's fine. I'm glad you disagree with it. But I. So my answer. You said goose egg. You said zero points for the Titans on their opening drive. Luke, yes. never doubt a Mike Vrabel team that's backed up against the wall. Doubted, <laughs> right? We've learned this. I, look, I'm not. Again, I'm not saying they're going to lose the game or no, that they're going to be horrific. I just don't think they're going to score in the opening drive. Plenty of those games that Mike Vrabel is Titans rise to the occasion, like the Bills. They don't score in the opening drive. Yeah, uh, Tone says, I watched practice, seen a lot of three wide sets. Tone, who are you? And, uh, <laughs> or where are you watching practice? Are you like one of the construction guys at St. Thomas Sports Park? <laughs> That's working? the only thing I like, can I, do. I, I, seriously, I don't I'm, not, even I'm not trying to, to be a practice. dick. I'm just asking Tone, like, who are you? And where do you get these practices that you're seeing? Because nobody's watching practice in the media outside of Jim Wyatt because yeah. he's employed by the team. He's on a raft on Amulet Lake, just looking over with a yeah, telescope. I'm sure that raft would disintegrate with whatever is in that water. But again, <laughs> like, so I think the Titans score a touchdown. I think the Titans score a touchdown on the opening drive. Very optimistic. Okay, I'll ask you, Luke. What's the first play? What's the what's the first snap for the Titans offense? What, like, if you're the Rams, what I do still you right with Adrian Peterson. That's the first play. That's what you think is going to happen. Yeah. You just feel confident about that. You just feel confident. You asked me what I think the first play is going to be. That's I, what I, I think, think the first play is going to be. I think they. Come you think out it's going to be a play action shot downfield? I, I think they come out and throw three times in the first. You know, if they get to a third down, I think they. Come they're out not because all they have talked about all week is we got to keep our identity. We got to keep our identity. We got to keep our identity. They're not going to say that. There's a reason they're saying that. They're not going to then come out and throw it three times in a row. They're gonna. They're going to tell the Rams, "You are in for the same offense we ran with Derrick Henry." They can still do that. Just because they throw three times in a row on the opening drive of a game doesn't mean they're going to go away from their identity. It's just that they can be unpredictable. The point is, the Rams can be on their heels uh, to an extent on the opening drive of the game. You know what? You, I'm going to change my mind. I so left. Okay. Now you're just being a smart ass. No, I actually do think it's going to be left because I would run behind Saffold and Lawan before I'd run behind Davis and Quess. Uh-huh. What was the uh, first? 
What was the first play of the game uh, against the Chiefs where that script worked beautifully, right? What was that first – what was the first play? Do you remember? It was uh, play action intermediate to A.J. Brown over the middle. Right. Second play was a for right. first down, right? And then Second the, play the was next, Henry. This was it, right? This was the perfect situation. They went play action to A.J., Derrick Henry for three yards, Julio. play action to Julio, Derrick Henry for nine yards. Like, that's – like that's how they need to do this. Now, obviously Henry's not there, but go back and forth between your playmakers on the outside. Yeah, is that the ideal strategy? Yes. Is that what they're going to do? No. Okay, that's fine. Uh, you disagree with me, and I, I can I can move on without I can't, that. I can't wait, like to to see who's right. Yeah, we're gonna have like a you know, it's gonna be me and you on Twitter. Just like, <laughs> oh, that's what they did. I told you, like either one of us <laughs> on Sunday night. Like I, oh, I was right. <laughs> And anybody right. who was not in here, any of these these people that are not in here are going to say, what? Yeah, what the heck are you guys doing, you crazies? All right, all right. so now, Luke, you've got the toughest matchup for the Titans right. um, on Sunday against the Rams. So we'll get to your toughest matchup, and it involves a Titan superstar. Uh, but real quick, let me tell you guys about Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness, where one 15-minute workout equals five-plus hours in the weight room. How is that possible? How does 15 minutes equal five or more hours? Full body electronic muscle stimulation. It is legit. It is fantastic. If you're trying to reach your fitness goals, Manu can help you do that. Whether you're trying to pack on muscle, lose a bunch of body fat, or whatever it might be, maybe you're maybe you're like 85% there to your fitness goals. You're like, I can't get this last 15%, whatever it might be. Mandu can help you do that. They helped me do that. Uh, they've helped Zach do that. You can do it as well. Mandu.com. Your first workout is free. And if you tell them A to Z Sports sent you, that's like a hundred bucks off your first month when you sign up. Tell them A to Z sent you for the hundred bucks off your first month at mandu.com. And our friends at BetMGM, if you give them the promo code A to Z Sports when you download their app, will give you a risk-free bet of up to one thousand dollars. That is only on BetMGM, the king of sports books. That's right. All right, Luke. The toughest matchup of yes. the night for the Titans is going to be what? It is going to be. So it, it, it's a mat. It, it's sort of Titans receiver number one versus Jalen Ramsey. It's not necessarily a specific Titans receiver. So, yeah. and I tweeted this yesterday. I fail to see how the Titans win this game if Julio Jones does not play. And I don't know how that's trending. I think we'll maybe learn a little bit more about that today if they do a more normal practice. Yesterday was very light, and they kind of jogged around and then went in. Um, but I think that if Julio Jones does not play and you are the Rams, it becomes entirely too easy to take AJ Brown out of the game and take your chances with a 36 year old running back and Marcus Johnson. Now taking AJ Brown out of the game is not something that any team can do. I, the argument here is not well, now that Henry's gone, if they ever don't have Julio, the other team just takes A.J. Brown out and it's over. No, but the Rams can because they have the best cornerback in the NFL and one of the top five defensive players overall in the NFL in Jalen Ramsey. They actually have two of the top five defensive players in the league in Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey is a different guy at cornerback. He is – it's like him, Patrick Peterson – like Richard Sherman maybe is like the best cornerbacks the last 10 years. This Darryl guy, Revis, I mean, there's been some, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he is a different guy. Now, AJ Brown is good. 
So what I'm arguing is not that Jalen Ramsey alone can take A.J. Brown or will take A.J. Brown out of the game. But if I'm the Rams defensive coordinator and there's no Julio Jones on the other side, here's what I'm doing. I am having Jalen Ramsey follow A.J. Brown every single play. Now, if you're football savvy, you may be thinking to yourself, okay, great, Todd Downing, just put A.J. Brown in the slot. That makes this go away, right? Wrong. Because Jalen Ramsey has played in the slot a ton this year. Vrabel said that yesterday. And so, if I'm the Rams, Jalen Ramsey goes wherever A.J. Brown goes. You know who else is going to go wherever A.J. Brown goes? A safety. Because I'm going to put the best cornerback in the NFL on A.J. Brown, and I'm also going to keep a safety out of the, over the top to totally take him out of the game and make it incredibly dangerous for Ryan Tannehill to go in that direction. It's going to be so this dangerous. Is, this is all if no, there's no Julio, right? Correct. Yeah. A lot changes with Julio. I'm going to make it so dangerous for Ryan Tannehill to throw near A.J. Brown that he's not going to want to, that he's going to want to take his chances elsewhere. And I would take my chances with a 36-year-old running back and Marcus Johnson, Chester Rogers. And if that happens, I, I, I don't know how the Titans are going to move the ball. It's going to be just like Baltimore in the playoffs, although they had Henry in that, that Baltimore playoff game where after A.J. Brown cooked them in the first quarter, they switched up how they were playing him, took him out of the game, and the Titans were hopeless offensively. So, again, a lot of this changes if Julio plays, because if Julio plays, you you get back a degree of that pick-your-poison where by shifting all of that focus to A.J. Brown, you leave Julio perhaps undermanned and he can go off on you. But if you don't have Julio, you can roll Jalen Ramsey and that safety over to AJ Brown and, and, and really make life a tough for him. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to read some comments because man, the, Derek is asking why is Luke being a hater today? Uh, then you see uh, several uh, people saying a uh, tank Sinatra is saying this is pointless. Luke Julio is playing and Roy says Julio will play no matter what. Based, no, you, where are y'all, what are y'all you guys can't like you guys cannot say for a fact that Julio will play no matter what. Like, where are you getting the information, Roy? Because we don't know. Julio did not practice at all last week and did not play. He was limited at practice yesterday. I think he is more likely to play this week than he was last week, obviously. But you cannot sit here and say that Julio is playing tank. You can't do that. That is that is just false everything. Like, you just can't assume that because we haven't been able to assume anything with Julio Jones this year. Yeah. And it's it, he, he's week to week, perennially, and, yeah, until Mark proven otherwise. Julio is playing. Like, you don't know this, guys. I mean, some, I saw one comment. Uh, there have been a lot, so I might have lost it. It said, uh, this is the type of game that we brought in Julio Jones for. I agree. Like, you're 100% right. This is the type of game you brought in Julio Jones for. That doesn't mean he's healthy, though. Like, and, and honestly, like I was talking to Gentry Estes from the Tennessean about this yesterday. We have no idea what's up with Julio. We don't know if they're resting him. We don't know if he's legitimately hurt. And some weeks it's good and some weeks it's not. We have no idea what's happening. Right. And Dom says, uh, sorry, Luke, uh, no, uh, yeah. no corner. I was left. about to respond to that comment. Is, you yeah, missed the is. whole part about the safety. Yeah. It's, it, right. And, and, and look, and I, and I went and looked this up while Luke has been talking about this is that uh, AJ Brown has only played once against Jalen Ramsey. And if you remember back, uh, AJ Brown had a really bad game 
when Jalen Ramsey was on the Jags, and really it was AJ Boye that gave uh, that gave AJ Brown so much trouble. It was the Thursday night game, week three, back in t- 2019. Wasn't so it that was like AJ, his third game? AJ's a- third game of his career. It was an awful game. It was rainy. The press well, box I remember was I was leaking. at Mainstay with you and Zach. We That's were watching right. That. Yeah. 20 to 7 Titans loss. AJ Brown had one catch for four yards on five targets. That was the Adam Humphreys game where he had six catches for 93 yards and Mariota somehow threw for 300 and they only scored seven points. That game was terrible. The ultimate stat compiling game. But again, that, that, yeah, really uh, trash stats. But again, AJ, AJ struggled in that game. And I'm, I'm not. Like one catch for four for four yards on five targets, like that wasn't Mariota's fault, as Ronnie says. No, if you remember that game, AJ did struggle with the physicality that AJ Boye and Jalen Ramsey played against him. Now it was his third game in the in the league. AJ Brown is miles better right now than he was then. I understand that, but again, I wanted to bring up the only other time that Jalen Ramsey and AJ Brown have been on the NFL field at the same time together because that's the only data we have on these two guys going up against each other. But if you look at like AJ Brown, that rookie year did struggle against some of the the best corners in the league, like Marlon Humphrey against the Ravens and several, and uh, several others that year, but he is way better now. And, and like Xavier Rhodes is a 215 pound corner who tried to shove AJ Brown out of bounds on the out route last week. And, 235 is greater than 215 and AJ just took it down the sideline and couldn't be touched. So I I have faith in AJ Brown right now, but I I agree with your point that if Julio's out, it's going to be tough. If you don't have Julio and Derrick Henry against this Rams defense, now you're just putting a lot on the shoulders of AJ Brown who can handle it. But again, now you need the role players, Marcus Johnson, Chester Rogers, maybe Josh Reynolds in a revenge game. Anthony Ferkser, Michael Pruitt, Jeremy McNichols. You need those guys to play really, really well uh, if, if Julio can't go. Again, the argument is not you can take A.J. Brown out of the game with Jalen Ramsey. Because if it's just those two going toe-to-toe, I think it's advantage Jalen Ramsey. Because, again, I like A.J. Brown, but Jalen Ramsey is just another level of player, and A.J. Brown is not quite to that point yet of being a – you know, prime Julio Jones, Antonio Brown type of guy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, A.J. Brown would win some. It wouldn't just be a total shutdown. That's why you roll the safety over there and you double him the entire game. And like I said, you make it so dangerous to throw over there that Ryan Tannehill has no choice but to go in another direction. Right. And and so I, I forgot Nick Westbrook and Kene. Apologies. As I rattled off like seven role players for the Titans, I left out NWI and I got it in the comments. Uh, but so, you know, it's all, I think it's what it says is without Julio Jones, that the Rams can focus on AJ Brown and not be scared to have somebody else hurt them. Right. That's kind of what the situation is. Okay. So let's, let's talk about this. How many yards does Julio need to have versus the Rams? How many yards does Julio Jones need to have uh, versus the Rams? But real quick, while we've got you here, on Sunday night, we will be live at Mill Creek Brewing Company. Uh, so check that out. Mill Creek Brewing Company, all of our away games are going to be live at Mill Creek. So it's Sunday night football. So come out and hang out with us in Nolensville. They're staying open late on Sunday, so you can watch the early games there. You can watch the late games there and hang out with us. Zach and I will be there 
uh, around like six o'clock. So come stop by and say, Hey, at Mill Creek Brewing Company and watch the Titans Rams game on Sunday night football live with us at Mill Creek Brewing Company. So they're staying up late for the Titans. So come out and hang out with us in Nolensville. And we're not joking when we talk about the incredible food that they have at Mill Creek. I, I love, love the menu. Zach's talked about the menu quite a bit. And obviously the beer is fantastic as well. So come out and hang out with us at Mill Creek Brewing Company. So Luke, what are you seeing from the comment section on how many yards does Julio Jones need in this game? Yes, so Muka says at least 80. We're getting pretty high. Bill, Billy says 100. Uh, Steven, 95. Scott, 80. We're going down. Derek, 75. Cody goes back up to 80-plus. Chris says at least 100. Hammer says 75. Antonio says 75 to 85. Another 75 here. Uh, Ronald says 70 to 80. Jeremy says 75. Stephen King says 101 and two touchdowns, putting on a masterclass. Wouldn't that be great for the Titans? Yeah, uh, right. Nathan says 100, uh, at least 100-yard game. Quick question. Julio doesn't have a touchdown yet. Is that right? He's not. He has uh, one 100-yard game against the Seahawks and one touchdown wiped off the board against the Seahawks. Yes. So a couple more. G-Man says 70 to 80. Ronald, Ronnie says 65. And Jonathan says 60 to 70. What do you think, Luke? How many yards does Julio need? Now, obviously, it's the same thing about the first drive points. You, you would like for the Titans to score a touchdown on the opening drive, but you would love for Julio to have 100. But how many does he need? Like, what's the minimum here? 60. That's my minimum because, number one, I think 60 would be indicative of him having played the entire game, which is the big thing. No early exit. No, you know, kind of in and out. You know, he needs to be out there the whole game. And I think if he is, he's going to get 60 yards. Uh, but also, I think that is enough to, sh- to to keep things balanced and to not have to have A.J. Brown carry the team, um, which which you never want anyone to do. I mean, Hen- Henry was did that at times, but A, Henry's different. Like, he's a different kind of player. But also, like, even when he was having his big games, like, you have A.J. out there. So it's not like it was just him and nothing else. Right. Now, if you look at the, the last three games that Julio has played have been the, the first Colts game, the Buffalo game, and the Chiefs game. And he's really only played in the first half of those three games. Now, in the Buffalo game, he played some in the second half. But he did not have a catch. If I remember this correctly, I don't think he had a catch in the second half of any of those three games. I think all of his production was a was first half stuff. Against the uh, against the Colts, he had three catches for forty seven yards. Against the Bills, he had uh, three for fifty nine, and against the Chiefs, he had two for thirty eight. Hmm. And so, if he's putting up, you know, an average of about. You know, 45 to 50 in the first half of these games. I think, and all Titans wins, by the way. I think Julio, I think 55 to 60 is that right number for Julio yeah. Jones. Yeah. And, and they're not, look, his production is, is not that crazy. Like his big game, six for 128 against the Seahawks. Uh, but he's had three catches in every other game except for the Chiefs to get, he had two. So he's not putting up crazy numbers. So you can't expect him to have a hundred plus yards. But I think if I think Luke, you're kind of on to it. If he gets 60, I think you're totally fine with that. 
How problematic is is it though that we're sitting here in week nine saying well, Julio Jones 100 yards? That's silly. I mean, it's uh, it's tough. Like you know, I think if the tight, I think Julio Jones has 100 yards. Are you worried that the Titans are down and trying to get back into it? And that's a problem that we're having this conversation. Right. Yeah, and it's interesting, right? Because, um, you know, you don't want Ryan Tannehill to have 400 yards passing in this game. Because that, no. that means that you are yeah. you can't run the ball and you're probably tr- trying to play catch-up. Well, it's like so, Vrabel said on Monday. He said, uh, you know, no one in this building wants to throw it 45 times a game. And then he paused and he said, especially against this team. Yeah, <laughs> right? right. And so I think that's why I'm thinking that 60-yard number is good. Because if Julio has a productive 60 yards – AJ has his productive 80 yards and then you mix in some of the others like Pruitt McNichols with the run game. I I think that's, that's kind of the formula for a Titans close matchup against the Rams that were of where you want to be. You don't want to be running the ball for 40 yards and throwing for 300 against this team. Cause that probably means you've been sacked five times. Bobby, Bobby knows exactly what I'm trying to say. You know, he, he was a 98, yards per game player and now we're like can he can he play the whole game you know it's a it's a problem and the whole thing is like can't will the titans let him play the whole game it's not can he play the whole game it's will the titans i don't know though him? is it I, like I, I i don't think we know which of those two things it is whose fault is that what that we don't know yeah that we can't that we can't decipher whose fault it is that julio doesn't play full games I don't know. It's Vrabel. <laughs> it's Vrabel for saying. But I don't know that he cares. I know, or should you know, he care. doesn't care, but it's still his fault. It's his fault that he's created this type of confusion with Julio Jones. It's the whole, <laughs> it's the whole, well, you know, we did what we thought was best for the team. Like uh, pulling him from that Colts game the first time. And then saying the next day that, oh, he got tight. And then. And then him not practicing with a hamstring we injury. We all get tight, Austin. We all get tight. I, I, I We all get tight, but Julio got tight and didn't play. And then Julio was asked, how's your hamstring? And he goes, what hamstring? <laughs> and then he misses another I, game with a hamstring. I hope, I hope we get to talk to Julio tomorrow so that we get the, the weekly memory test return. Yeah. Uh, did I? Uh, yeah. Uh, what? Uh, hamstring? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> thing. Yeah, it was a little tight. A little tender. Oh, yeah. man. All right, so let's get to this. Kevin Byard, I've been saying, is having an all-pro season. He is. He was just he just, ha- he just got an award this morning. So we'll talk about Kevin Byard and what's led to his rebound. But real quick, let me tell you guys about Wilson County Hyundai. WilsonCountyHyundai.com in Lebanon. Make them a part of your car buying process. If you're looking for a new vehicle, it's really tough to find one right now. But trust the folks at Wilson County Hyundai with Payne Bone and his team. That's who we trust. Again, we've been working with them for multiple years now, so they are very trustworthy. They communicate great. They have inventory, and if they don't have them a lot, they'll go find it for you. And it's in Lebanon, so that means it's not those city prices uh, that will try to gouge you right now. But go to Lebanon, check out WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Also, download the BetMGM app. Give them the promo code A to Z Sports. They will give you a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. Kevin Byard. Congrats to Kevin Byard on being named the AFC Defender of the Month of October Defensive player of the month for Kevin Byard. Uh, that's a big deal because and if you look at the stats uh, that he had in that in this month of October, I'll go ahead and pull them up and, and read them off. I mean, Kevin Byard has been phenomenal 
in October. He's got uh, 27 tackles, seven passes defensed, three interceptions, one forced fumble, and then one fumble recovery for a touchdown. And when you look at the impact that he's had with these plays that he's made, the forced fumble was on Patrick Mahomes as the Chiefs were trying to put up points right before the end of the half. The fumble returned for a touchdown, put the Titans up 7-0 against the Jags in the first minute, 10 seconds of the game, right? Then you've got the interception in overtime to redeem the pass interference early in the game, or I guess against Carson Wentz, and he's just been great really all season long. So, Luke, what do you think has led to this big bounce-back season for Kevin Byard? I think it's a lot of things, obviously. But if I had to go to one, it is the new defensive coaching structure. Because what that has led to is far more comfort and cohesion and people knowing what they're supposed to do. Last year, even when things went well for this defense, you looked at them and they looked lost. They're looking around and trying to figure out who's supposed to be where. And guys are screaming before the play, you know, hey, like it, it was, it was a shambles. It's not happening anymore. And, and part of that, and, and really most of it is because of the job that Shane Bowen has done. Now I, th- I think Shane Bowen has been a, a, a really good play caller for the Titans on defense this year. I think he's done a, a good job, particularly with the pass rush. But beyond simply the plays that he is calling, he has, in his new role, established this level of comfort where Kevin Byard is no longer having to make sure he's in the right spot and think about that and then have to point fingers at at 10 other people to get them in the right spot. Now he gets to focus on using his eyes, which are some of the very best in the NFL, and and attacking quarterbacks like that. And before last year, before 2020, Kevin Byer was one of the most fun defensive players to watch because whenever the Titans need a big play, I always tweet this, whenever the Titans need a big play, Kevin Byer always comes through, like every time. And, and he was just a fun player to watch because of that, and that was gone last year. He was just invisible in 2020. Now he's back to making those big plays, and I think it all comes down to – He's comfortable, and Mike Vrabel isn't in charge of the defense anymore, and that's part of the reason why he's comfortable. Yeah, and because uh, it was Byard who was quoted uh, as the as the the player who is talking about the most the lack of coordination and the lack of communication or the communication oh, yeah. issues last season. Oh, yeah. And so I think because Byard was vocal in saying that last year, and they've fixed that problem. I think that's – and he's balling out this year because it's not just the last month, guys. I mean, because the last month, he's been incredible. I read those stats. Uh, but, again, all season long, he's he's leading all NFL safeties in interceptions with four. He's second behind Diggs from Dallas overall in picks. Uh, he's got ten passes defensed through eight games this season. He had three alone against the Colts, which was huge. Uh, I mentioned the interceptions. You know, he's been – he's had ta- he's had touchdown-saving tackles several times uh, this year as well. So I kind of agree with you that I think it's the coaching structure and the, but I'll I'll word it differently just so we don't have the same answer. I think it's the streamlined communication 
that has helped Kevin Byard because you're right. It's he's got trust in the guys around him so he can actually now focus on what he needs to do because last year it always felt like Byard was a step behind. Yes. Uh, you know, he had the, like the Michael Griffin syndrome of he's one step behind where he needed to be. And that's because before the snap, he's pointing around doing all this stuff and trying to make sure everything's lined up where he can't focus on his job. Yeah. Now he, he trusts that the guys around him know what their job is. And now he can carry out his job. And obviously you got to mention the pass rush. I was, yeah, I was about to go there. The, the pass rush existing is also part of the, the part of the good stuff here. Oh, it's been huge. How many sacks do the Titans have have last year, Luke? Uh, I don't remember. I'll, I'll look it up. Last year, 19. I thought you would have had that off the top of your head. 19 sacks all of last year, right? That was a big stat. <laughs> was it not? a terrible stat. It was a big stat. I don't stat. know that I've actually heard that number, but that's Seriously? awful. Yeah, really. You went through all of that last year not knowing that the Titans had 19 sacks? I mean, I'm sure I wrote it at some point, but I, I don't... It was the it was tied for the least amount of sacks in a season for a team that made the playoffs in NFL history. <laughs> and I, I neglected to memorize it, apparently. And the crazy thing about it is they had four sacks under Sean Watson in Week 17. Yes, with Brooks Reed and... Oh, gosh, that... Mm. Yeah. Those poor Texans. Tuzar, Skipper, and all those guys, right? They had four in the last game against Deshaun Watson to get them to 19, to tie them for that. Look, they've got 18 sacks through eight games this year. And so, like, that's it's a big pretty, deal. Pretty nifty, huh? <laughs> and, and it's really only from five guys. It's it's Harold Landry with eight and a half. Danico Autry has three and a half. Big Jeff has two and a half. Ola has two and a half, and you haven't really seen him do as much as of late because Bud Dupree's back, and he has one. And oh. so, but Bud Dupree has had several other key plays uh, where he's shown up with a pass rush. If you think about it, key play against the Seahawks that allowed the Titans' defense to get back in that game, Bud Dupree hurrying Russell Wilson on third down to force an early throw. Titans get the ball back, go down, and score. Then, Pressure on Carson Wentz, make him do something stupid, like toss it up in the air with his left hand to Elijah Molden for a pick six. All created by Bud Dupree. Yeah. So I do think pretty impressive there with what they've been able to do. And I agree with Tank Sinatra. I think Mark Jones is on way too much pre, pre-workout because unless – or either that or his all-caps key is stuck uh, on <laughs> YouTube because Mark is just, is just screaming. You Mark, got a problem with Vabro. I, I dare you to say it to his face. Like, Mark, what the hell are you doing? Like, <laughs> what are you on over there in YouTube that makes you just scream these things that make no sense? Like, who has what a problem? What did I say with negative about? Oh, I said he's not a good defensive play caller. Yeah. Well, that was, that, that's a proven fact that he has not been a good defensive coordinator in the past. But my goodness. Well, without getting into a big, you know, long discussion about the pass rush, I think that the two things that make the pass rush better are the talent, obviously, they brought in. Dupree and Autry and both of those guys have transformed it. But also Shane Bowen is doing a darn good job of putting them in positions to succeed with some of the stunts they're running, some of the unique packages that they've deployed, like Harold Landry starting off the ball as an inside backer and then looping and rushing. Like they've done a bunch of really nifty stuff. Yes, they have. All right. So I have to bring back Mark. He says, nah, took offense to the hate to Z sports I defend my squad 100%. So I do like the new nickname, Hate to Z Sports. That's actually kind of clever. 
<laughs> but Mark, like you were delusional, man. Like you were just off of your rocker at some point of like what you think that we are supposed to do. We let off this show with the, with me saying that the Titans can take advantage of something they have in common with the Rams and talking positive about how they can catch them off guard. But you're calling us hate to Z sports. Like we cover the Titans. We're around there. We do a good job of that. And Mark, you can be in your fields as an all super Titans fan. Uh, but my God, Mark, you're just crazy over there in the YouTube comments. I've also complained to Mike Vrabel's face plenty of times. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. All right. You ready for the magic bucket? No. I know. It is time <laughs> for the magic bucket. But first, let me tell you guys about the Bone and Joint Institute. Boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. I'll say it again. If you guys have not watched... The, the conversation I had with Dr. Jeff Watson, the foot and ankle specialist with the Bone and Joint Institute, go check it out because we went 15 minutes on what Derek Henry's surgery and recovery was like. We talked a lot about the injury. Go check it out. It's live on our YouTube page. You can go watch that. It's 15 minutes. It's also up on our A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed as well. It's really good stuff. I highly suggest you go check it out because that's what the Bone and Joint does. They do great work. They've got over a dozen doctors who specialize in anything that can go wrong with any joint in your body. They also got the rehab specialist with our guy Dave over there well as well on in a great facility in Franklin, Tennessee, boneandjointtn.org. And one more time, I will remind you that you can download the BetMGM app, give them the promo code A to Z Sports, and they will give you a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. And Austin, it is now time for this. My favorite part of the show is those oh, videos. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, we are here on the Magic Bucket. Here we go. Ma- I got a court. I don't know. Did Zach mean to give me this cable? <laughs> There's a, a cable in here. I don't know what that needs to be doing. All right, so, Luke, uh, I haven't done the Magic Bucket in a while because Zach forgot the Magic Bucket Yeah. Uh, one week. I was out of town two three weeks ago and then last week i needed off so this is the first time in like four weeks uh, that i've done the magic bucket so i'm gonna go first for me so here's me okay so uh you're not gonna be on the show tomorrow but Correct. you can still appreciate this that uh, i have to make a sound of your choice throughout the show tomorrow <laughs> So you can take some time to think about it. Okay. And then just text me later on. Well, I want to I, I want to be able to say it on the show so that people can know what's coming. Are you maybe. ready for it? No, I'll think about it over the next couple minutes. Okay. All right. That's fine. All right. All right, here's Luke's. Um are you wearing shoes? Uh no. You're not wearing shoes? Like, I mean, I can be wearing okay, shoes. So I, you need I to own shoes. Grab a tennis shoe. Okay. Uh, and you have to untie your shoelaces. Okay. And then you have to teach us how to tie your shoe as if we are four years old. Okay. Give me one moment. So, all right. So Luke's going to go grab a shoe. And he's going to have to teach us how to tie his shoes. I always find it funny because we do these shows from our houses. Uh, and so uh, I'll let Luke put his own – his ear – earpiece back in so we can hear okay. me i would have been more prepared if i knew this was coming no that's fine that's fine but i always find it funny is like we do these shows from home it's like do you wear shoes during the show or not i wear shoes during the show 
Uh, but I know some people don't like Luke obviously doesn't. So uh, I also think it's interesting. Do you untie your shoelaces on your tennis shoes when you take them off? Uh, before I put them on? Yes. When I take them off? No. Interesting. Uh, my, my everyday tennis shoes, I just keep them tied the same way. I'll, I'll, all the way around well, right. maybe like a couple years in once they get worn in i also don't own many pairs of shoes i have like i'm not a shoe guy yeah, anyway. zach zach has like i wonder if zach's over 30 pairs of tennis shoes at this point the hardest part of this is going to be getting it the in angle. the view of the camera all right luke teach us how to tie a shoe like we're four years old okay so here's here's what you need to remember it's just one one rhyme. I'm gonna give you a little poem. All right, okay. one little loop. <laughs> the, the problem is I only have two hands. If you need, need to three. tilt your computer down to... and use your, I, I don't know what your desk is on. If you have, you can. See. There you go. Know. There you go. That that's better. One, okay, one little loop. Move it a little bit to your left. <laughs> one little loop. Okay. What do you do? Wrap the lace around and pull it through. Now you've made a bow and you've tied your shoe. <laughs> All right, say the say the poem again, just straight through. One little loop, what do you do? Wrap the lace around and pull it through. Now you've made a bow and you've tied your shoe. God, do you think of it? Do you go through that when you tie <laughs> I don't sit down to tie a shoe and go, okay, what am I No, I know, but like, I, I, if somebody asked me, like, that, that's why I think it's funny of like to do this is because I haven't thought about how to tie a shoe in 25 years. And so, like, I don't even know how long, but or more. And so, I, it's funny. It's hilarious. Like, I wouldn't even think of like how to teach somebody. But that's, I think that was pretty good. So, I think I've decided what noise I want you to do tomorrow. First of all, can you make a, like, you know how, like, when you're a middle school boy, you make those, like, armpit farting noises? Armpit farts? Yeah, I can do that with my ear. Can you? Because if I, you I can, can armpit, that's... I can do armpit farts. That was actually a, in a magic bucket once. Uh, and I, yeah. I've done I've done an armpit fart on this show before. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just try, I'm trying to do something that will make Jonathan severely uncomfortable tomorrow. And I but I have to be able to do it, like, multiple times. Yes, yes. Like, throughout the show, making, the, like, the... Like that. That's very strange. That feels like that would hurt my ear. Mm. Yeah, I, mean, I like I like the idea of an armpit fart. Just I have frequently. to do armpit farts throughout the show. Yes, I guess. Well, that's not really a noise. I mean, it's a noise. It's but a it's, noise. It's a noise. It's, all, so, it's, it's 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 playing the boundaries of this uh, of this challenge. Make a sound of your co-host uh, choice tomorrow throughout the show. I mean, that's the sound I want. As long as you can make it. Man, that's gonna be tough. You're gonna have to like text me to remind me that I have to armpit fart throughout the show tomorrow. <laughs> like I'm serious. Like okay. and, I and I, like honestly, if you can text me at eight o'clock and then eight fifteen <laughs> and then eight thirty and then eight forty-five and nine, just so I can like rem have reminders pop up on my computer like, oh yeah, I gotta I gotta armpit fart. I gotta make yes. sure I can do that throughout that's the it. show. That's it. All right, good deal. <laughs> Okay, it's going to be a weird show tomorrow, so uh, we'll see you guys <laughs> later on. But a uh, great show today. We'll see you guys on a Friday. Don't forget, A to Z Sports Podcast Network's got content out coming out basically every day this week. Lots of good stuff. 
on the podcast network and Buck Rising uh, has A to Z Sports primetime uh, later on tonight. So we'll see you guys on Friday. Have a good rest of your Thursday.